Welcome to the St. Thomas the Doubter podcast. My name is Mark, and I am the pastor of the Congregation of St. Thomas the Doubter, an independent ecumenical congregation for all people that embraces holy doubt, the importance of grace, and the power of solidarity in community. You can find out more about our congregation online at stthomascongregation.org. This podcast offers the scripture lessons and sermons from our Sunday evening services. In the future, it may also be a place for conversation and discussion on various issues of religion and faith. This is episode 24 and is from the service for January 21, 2024. The scripture lessons are Jonah chapter 3 verse 1, 5, 10, Mark 1 verses 14 to 20, and the sermon is entitled, Fishing. We hope you enjoy the episode. Our scripture lessons come from uh, the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and verse 10, and the gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. A reading from Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Scripture lesson from the Gospel comes from Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. After John was arrested, Jesus went into the Galilee, preaching the good news of God. The moment has come, and God's kingdom has drawn near. Repent and trust in the good news. Going up along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of humanity. They dropped their nets and followed him right away. After going on a bit farther, he saw Zebedee's son, James, and James's brother, John, in the boat mending nets. He called them right away. They left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired help and went off after him. So tonight we have two scripture lessons to consider. The story of Jonah and the story of the call of the first disciples. At first, they don't seem to have much to do with one another, other than that they involve proclaiming a message of some kind. Jonah to the citizens of Nineveh, and then Jesus to the disciples to call them on his way, on their way. The part about the story of Jonah that is probably the most interesting is the part we didn't read in the sense that it's the part that leads up to this that helps us to understand what's going on. See, Jonah has been called by God to proclaim to the people of Nineveh a message of repentance. 
Now, Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was an empire that had afflicted the people of Israel and Judah mightily. It had destroyed the northern kingdom of Judah altogether, taken its people and scattered them to the winds and resettled the land with other people. There's no real reason why Jonah should feel at all sympathetic to these folks, nor should he desire that they actually respond to God's word and repent. In fact, Jonah knows that if he goes to Nineveh, he will likely be successful. So he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He doesn't want to save the Ninevites. He wants their destruction. And so he gets on a boat and he sails to Tarshish. Tarshish, we, as best we can tell, is the Phoenician city of Tartessa on the coast of southern Spain. So Jonah is traveling clear across the Mediterranean to the other end of the world, as far as he knows it, to get away from going north from Israel into Syria. It would be like a prophet from France being called to go preach to Germany and getting on a ship and sailing to Tierra del Fuego as far as possible in the other direction. And what happens on the way out there, but the, the ship he's on is wracked by a tremendous storm and the sailors on board using lots figure out that it's Jonah who is the cause of this because Jonah has rejected the call of God to go to Nineveh. And so they toss him overboard to save their own lives. And as soon as they toss him overboard, Jonah is swallowed by a great fish. Now, we like to think of it as a whale. The text simply says a big fish. There's a lot of big things in the story, by the way. Big wind, big storm, big city, big this, big that, big fish. And this big fish swallows Jonah, carries him for three days, and then the text says vomits him out on the beach of, of Assyria, right, of the land, so he can go preach to Nineveh. This is a very dramatic way, I think, of God saying, no, I meant it, go to Nineveh. So it's important to understand that Jonah is here in chapter 3, preaching to the Ninevites as commanded, as God said, again, because a fish brought him there. A fish carried him through the water and spewed him out on the beach to go do the work he was supposed to do. In the New Testament reading, we come across Jesus walking across, or walking, not quite yet across, walking along the Sea of Galilee, having just come out of his wilderness experience, and we are told after John the Baptist was arrested. So John is arrested, and Jesus begins his ministry proclaiming the kingdom of God, repent that the kingdom of God is at hand trust in the good news. And as he walks along the Sea of Galilee, he sees Jane, uh, uh, Peter and his brother Andrew in their boats fishing, and the text tells, or casting their nets, and the text helpfully tells us, for they were fishermen, okay? And he calls to them, and they respond. He walks a little further down the lake shore, and he sees James and John, the sons of Zebedee, in the boat, and he calls to them, and right away they jump out of the boat, leaving their father in the boat, and come and follow him. Now, in this story, 
the fish are more kind of in the background than they were of the Jonah story. The fish are what the fishermen were up to before Jesus came along. And he uses that to spin a metaphor about what discipleship will be like, what this, this, going to, this calling is, which is that Jesus will make them fishers of men or fishers of humanity, for using a more modern rendering of that. That is, just as we were casting nets to draw in fish, now we will be drawing in people to this message of the gospel. And so there's fish at the heart of each of these stories. In one case, it is the fish that brings Jonah to the work that he's doing. In another case, it is the fish that is the work of the disciples before they are called by Jesus. But in each case, there is a common thread that helps us to understand the call of discipleship. Because in each case, there are reasons for the one called to be reluctant to follow the call. In Jonah's case, it's because he knows he'll likely be effective. His reason isn't a good one. And there's some scholarship to suggest that the entire book of Jonah is a satire about prophets like him. And in the disciples' case, the reasons are, are beyond what they're expecting. That is, they're going along, perhaps they've heard this Jesus preaching in the neighborhood, perhaps they're aware of who he is when he comes by. But the reason they're getting involved, as we will see throughout the Gospel of Mark, is that they don't understand what they're getting themselves into. Is that Jesus has to remind them time and time again, this isn't about making yourself great. This isn't about having seats next to me at my left and my right in God's kingdom. This isn't about glory and fame and honor. This is about service and sacrifice. This is about being willing to serve others. That's what makes you great. This is about being willing to take up your cross and follow me. Jesus has to remind the disciples time and time again what they're getting themselves into because they never really understand it until the very end. So it's likely here that they jump at the chance to hitch their wagon to a rising star in Galilee, someone who's been making a name for himself, someone whose movement seems to be catching fire and they want to be a part of that. But Jesus is reminding them at the beginning this is going to be work. I mean, fishing is not easy. It's not an easy work. You're often up before dawn, if not in the middle of the night. You're often fishing in waters that have been overfished, or where if it's too bright, the fish can see you, and so they stay away from your nets. Right? It's a grueling labor. And so when Jesus is calling them to be fishers, of humanity, he's letting them know this is going to be labor, this is going to be hard, this is going to ask a lot out of you, it's going to be exhausting. So perhaps their enthusiasm is a sign that they don't really know what they're signing up for. And if it's not, 
they'll soon prove that they don't really know what they're signing up for as we move through Mark's gospel. But for us, on this side of the story, on this side of Easter, on this side of knowing who Jesus is and knowing what Jesus' call represents, what do we do with this information? What do we do with this understanding? We take from all of this, both from Jonah's experience and from the disciples' experience and Jesus' call, that discipleship requires getting in the deep water. To do what's right, Jonah had to go through the depths. And in fact, in the second chapter of Jonah is a kind of song or psalm even that Jonah recites about being in the depths and being delivered from those depths by the Lord. In the New Testament, the disciples will have to go into the deep water. They will have to learn to give of themselves completely. They will have to learn what it means to take up one's cross, what it means to suffer for the kingdom. They will see their master set the stage for that. It means that discipleship isn't easy. It isn't cheap. It isn't simple. It's not nearly so easy as simply claiming the name Christian, as simply signing our names on a registration or a membership form. It requires something of us. It requires us to be willing to go into those deep waters, the ones that are uncomfortable, the ones that we're frightened of, the ones that where we don't want to go like Jonah, those are the very waters in which we fish for humanity. And it's not simply fishing for people for the sake of getting numbers or getting people in, but it's about doing the hard work of making sure that people hear that message. And it's not just a simple saccharine message, Jesus loves you, everything's wonderful. <laughs> It's the message that God is doing something. That's the, that's the message of the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. That restoration of all that is broken, that justice for the oppressed, that peace for the long-suffering, that hope for the despairing, all of those things are at hand and breaking into the world. That is what we're coming to tell you. It's not simply the, hey, you know, when you die, you get to go to the good place. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is the world is being fundamentally remade. And that Jesus is calling us to be a part of that restoration, of that resurrection of the world. That's what we're being called to do. That is not easy. Because it requires us to wade into the deep waters, to stand up to the powerful to stand up to those powers and principalities in the world, both the people themselves and the institutions, and sometimes the prejudices, the cultural traditions, whatever it is that that powerful thing is that is helping to keep people down, to take away people's hope, to drive people to despair, that is what we are called to wade into and speak against. That's the gospel message in the deep waters. That's what Jesus is calling us to.
It's a far more difficult task than a lazy day in a boat with a rod and reel and a six-pack of beer. Just enjoying the Sunday afternoon in that old commercial where you just say, it doesn't get any better than this. It's about being willing to go to the Ninevehs of our world. It's about willing to go to the Golgothas, to the Calvaries of our world in order to proclaim a message of hope, of love, of grace, and of justice to a world in need. That's the fishing that we as disciples are about. Thank you for listening to this episode of the St. Thomas the Doubter podcast. For more information about the podcast and our congregation, visit www.stthomascongregation.org. Thanks again, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Thank you.